Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, a podcast from the Business Centre where we talk about all things small business. My name is Kate Mole, a Business Connect advisor at the Business Centre Newcastle. Business Connect is a dedicated program funded by the New South Wales Government and delivered through a network of independent service providers to help you start or grow your small business. Today's webcast titled Build and Manage Your Team is all about helping NDIS business owners navigating some key staffing requirements, challenges and hot tips from our guest to set your business up to win in this space. I am thrilled to introduce our guest, Tracy from Grow With You has 20 years experience in human resources, having worked locally and internationally in large financial, legal and health service organisations. Now, as a business owner herself, she helps startups and small business owners navigate the operational challenges that come with employment relationships, from onboarding to exiting. She has been a great source of support to some of the NDIS business owners that we have been working with through Business Connect. Let's talk all things small business. For some practical advice and direction, DM us on Facebook or Instagram at The Business Centre. Hi Tracy. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Great to have you here with us this evening. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for giving your time to our viewers and uh, to all of our NDIS and disability sector business owners. We really appreciate it. Let's have a look at some of the questions that we feel like are the hot topics for people who are navigating this staffing area mm -hmm. of business, particularly around HR, which is your niche area of specialty. Yes. And one of the first questions I thought would be really helpful for us to navigate tonight would be talking about right at the very beginning, what are some of the compliances and NDIS requirements that NDIS businesses need to ensure are in place in order to set staff up the right way and to be compliant in the eyes of NDIS? Sure, so I guess there are three key pieces of legislation. So we need to look at NDIS, fair work and work health and safety and sitting on the edge of that is also business processes. Mm -hmm. So I guess looking first at NDIS, um, you've got the worker screening requirements. There's new legislation in place. There mm -hmm. is um, transitional arrangements where police clearances are accepted but moving forward the worker screening will be replacing that. Yeah. There's also the working with children check and any qualification or registration checks that um, employers will need to do in terms of APRA yep. and the NDIS worker orientation module, um, mm. making sure new recruits have completed that as well. In terms of employment legislation, gosh, where do I begin? <laughs> well, there's the Fair Work Information Statement, so mm. that has to be given to new employees when they start in the business. And then it's looking at the different awards, mm. which can be tricky, which mm. I will use that word a lot tonight. <laughs> Understanding which award applies to which category of staff and then looking at the classification level mm. of staff members, yeah. making sure that you marry up the tasks that they'll be doing with the tasks in the modern award, looking at their employment status, if it's casual, full-time, part-time, understanding that some awards have clauses that if you're a part-time employee, any hours worked outside of the scheduled part-time hours will be paid at overtime rate. Mm. So really trying to understand your obligations when it comes to modern awards. Yeah. And added to that is the casual conversion clause. So employees need to give that to employees within the first 12 months of employment. Mm -hmm. And essentially if you hire someone on a casual basis, an employee can request to go permanent. So there are a couple of things that need to be given to an employee when they first commence. So that's just a few of them under the Fair Work legislation. Mm. Looking at work health and safety from there, I guess 
it's having staff understand that they have work health and safety responsibilities. So making sure that they take care of their own health and safety, that they know how to report hazards and incidents for the betterment of the workplace and, and the participants that they're um, providing services for. Depending on your state as well, there'll be return to work programs and policies that mm. may be required. In New South Wales, depending on the category, you must have a policy and a plan in place as well. And that is something that can be audited. So moving on from that, I guess that's the legislation side of things. Um, we've got business processes. So making sure that insurances um, are up to date. So you've got your workers' compensation insurance. And there's also professional indemnity insurance. And this one's a bit tricky. Um, some organisations request that staff have that when they commence with them and other organisations pay for it. So I'm sure we'll touch on that later, but it mm. is a business decision how you tackle that. And I've had clients go both ways mm. with that. Mm. Also making sure you're accruing for superannuation and paying that through the clearing house and sort of checking all those boxes. And accruing for leave is probably a big one that businesses don't often think about. Mm. If you've appointed a permanent person, it's accruing leave for annual leave, personal leave, compassionate leave thinking about long service leave and, and just making sure that you've got those funds available when someone does go off to safeguard you if you do need to sort of get someone in to work casually or assist you while they're off on holidays. So there's a lot to think about, isn't there? Definitely. In, in that sector. And it's not just for our NDIS business sector as well, but obviously in businesses in general, a lot of those same things would apply. Yes. Um, and, and this is where the layers of um, the mm -hmm. HR realm that are really important to consider in business and not to be something that we skim over yes. as business owners but certainly to be something that we value yes. and we place great um, quality and credential on, on, on improving and, and setting up great foundations in, in those things. Yeah. yeah, Fantastic. If you have a business problem or question, get in touch with us. We can get our team of advisors and experts to help you with your business problems in an upcoming show. Tracy, it might sound like a really obvious or simple question but can you give our listeners some clues as to when it would be the right time for a business to look to expand or employ new staff in their business and also then the flip side is there ever a wrong time to employ staff in okay. a business? A lot of my clients should have probably recruited months ago sure. um, so that's sort of a challenge. I guess looking historically sometimes people are so busy working in their business mm. that they can't work on their business. Yeah. So taking the time out to reflect and have a look at your referrals over the last three, six, 12, 18 months, yeah. have they increased? What's going on? Where are the referrals coming from? Right. Um, understanding those can help you do some workforce planning. Mm. So if you're a sole operator and all of a sudden your caseload has doubled and you're not having time with your family, then yeah. it's time to recruit, you yeah. need to, to get out there and, and get that happening. So workforce planning is definitely something. If there's, you know, it doesn't need to be a big process. It mm. is literally looking back through your books at if, um, you know, you're delivering professional services, it's looking at your billable mm. hours. Mm. How have they increased over the last um, time period? Yeah, fantastic. In terms of the wrong time, mm. um, I don't know if there is a wrong time. I guess it needs to be financially viable. You need mm. to be making Great. sure that you've 
got the funds to do yeah. it. But there are other options um, mm. in terms of getting assistance for your business. So it mm. may not be recruiting, it may be looking at what part of the business can you outsource. Fantastic. A lot of our viewers would be experts in their field, mm. um, delivering services in whatever capacity they are. They're not experts at payroll, mm. they're not experts at bookkeeping mm. or HR or developing policies and procedures. And that is, that is an easy fix. There are experts out there, there are people out there that can help take that pain away. Right. So it is looking at your business, looking within and what can you outsource. Mm. It's also looking if you don't want to appoint permanently, do you appoint someone on a casual basis or mm. a part-time basis? There is also the contractor question. I do get that a lot. Yeah. Contractors are tricky, again, that word. There is a whole piece of legislation around contractors, mm -hmm. separate from fair work, separate from everything. So the ATO has a great tool. It's called the Employee Contractor Decision Tool. I think mm -hmm. it's about 10 or 12 questions. Fantastic. It goes through, it talks about the scope of the role, level of responsibility, mm -hmm. how people are paid, those sorts of things. And then at the end of it, it'll say, this person is most likely an employee or, or a, a contractor. contractor. Fantastic. So I would definitely recommend people go through that tool before appointing a contractor. The last 12 to 18 months has been lots of talk in the media about an employee versus contractor. Um, employees, essentially they're acting like employees. Mm. They are given a roster in advance. Mm. Um, they have no control over when they deliver the work. Yeah. The person that has appointed them is responsible for any mm. mistakes or anything that mm. happens. So mm. really that's an employment relationship. So. Mm. I'm not saying that it can't be done, um, just if it's done, make sure that you've got an agreement in place that covers off on those fiddly things mm. um, to make sure that your business is covered so down the track someone doesn't come back and say, oh, but I didn't mm. get paid annual leave or I didn't get paid sick leave. So, you know, you just want to make sure that your business is covered. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you. I love that your advice in that space was really practical and, and tangible because I often find that the clients who are coming my way are you know, as you said, they're on the fly, they're busy building mm -hmm. their business, they're busy seeing clients, they're busy doing what they do, do. well, yes. and are not sure how to make those decisions based on factual information. Mm -hmm. I love that you talked about, you know, looking at your hours, looking at um, how, how that's working for you in the whole of life yes. as well. Yeah. And then also the very practical suggestion of, is there any aspect of your business that you can outsource? Um, you know, fantastic suggestion, because it may not be necessarily that a staff person is the right decision at that point in time mm -hmm. in the business's growth phase, yes. but maybe later on in, down the track it might be, but there are plenty of other fabulous small businesses out there who can come alongside and support with things like payroll, for example, yes. to actually take weight from that small business owner, mm -hmm. particularly in this um, NDIS and, and disability and health sector. That's a, a really practical solution for potentially for the short term or perhaps for the long term. Create your own big bang and see your business idea come to life. Our online course, Start Your Own Business, helps you learn the basics in marketing, compliance, modelling and small business finances. As a bonus for our podcast listeners, you can use the code BIGBANG to access the Start Your Own Business course online for free at businesscentre.com.au. So another question that was really interested to pick your brains on Tracy was when businesses are looking to employ new staff what would be your advice on how to attract the best people to fill a role 
Well, I read the NDS State of the Disability Sector report mm -hmm. and an average of 84% of respondents found it difficult to recruit health mm -hmm. professionals, yep. um, psychologists, OTs, speeches and physios. Yep. So if you're having trouble recruiting, you're not the only one. That's the story <laughs> I'm hearing, definitely. <laughs> you're there with 84 other people yep. out of 100. So um, I guess the first thing is just sort of taking a step back and really understanding your needs. Mm. What is it that you're looking for in right. the role? Yep. Is it someone to help deliver services? Is it someone to help with the administration side of the business? Yeah. Is it a dual role? What does it look like? Get clear in your mm. head what position you're looking to, to fill. Great. Yeah. So, and recruit to the role. In mm. small business, what I found is sometimes a friend or colleague may know someone that, mm. that could be a fit. And I often talk about recruiting to values because processes Great. can be taught. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, you need to make sure that you're recruiting to the role. Mm. So it's great that you have individuals that may be a value fit, yep. but you also need the idea of recruiting is to free up time and Absolutely. help service more families. And yep. if that recruitment decision isn't going to mm. give you that outcome, then you need to rethink the, the recruitment decision. Yep. Look at your local TAFE and mm. university um, notice boards. Um, they've got employment notice boards. Also, TAFE and uni students need to do pracs. So mm. is there an opportunity for, for a business to support people through right. pracs? Yep. Those students are potentially also looking for work if mm. they're um, you know, partway through a support worker course or through mm. um, OT or speech pathology or something at university. You know, is there an opportunity for you to bring them on in a, in a different capacity and help support them and, yep. and grow them into that professional role so once they graduate they can come on and, and work with you that way. Employee referrals, if mm. you've got a current employee base, you know, they're your best salespeople. Mm. They're there for a reason, mm. so talk to them, tell them what you're looking for. If you need to offer an incentive, offer an incentive. Connect with other service providers as well may seem a bit unconventional, but sure. other service providers, they might have candidates, um, mm. a pool of casual staff members or people that have gone through that are recent graduates mm. that don't have positions available at mm. that organisation that want to take that next step in the career. So keeping those channels open is, is another avenue. Speak with the participants' families. Mm. Again, you know, a little bit different, but I've had a few clients who have had siblings um, want to become disability support workers, so they've yep. been able to take them on, and lived experience is great. Mm. It's Absolutely. great. And, you know, they've got the values, the alignment mm. of the values, and, mm. and that can really work. Mm. I guess pay and mm. conditions also mm. matter, of course. Didn't leave it to last for any particular reason, <laughs> but you know, making sure that you're competitive as well. You know, what's going on in the market, speak to your peers, speak to your network, mm. understand what's going on so you can be competitive. Mm. And one thing, if you're not yet in that space to recruit, start networking. Or even if you right. are, start networking now. Go to those networking events, forums, any training and development opportunities, LinkedIn, social media, get your name out there, get yeah, your business fantastic. name out there mm. and connect with people. Mm. If you connect with someone who knows if you're looking in six months, they might be looking for an opportunity in six mm. months. So making that connection early mm. can be really helpful for your business. Mm. And I love the fact too that you mentioned before about, you know, new staff are there, right? They're available, they're in the community. We just need to find the way to connect our business with them. Yes. So telling your business's story and making sure that, you know, what we're, we're actually putting out before 
those people who might be applying for positions within our company or within our small business as well mm. is actually the true story of our business. You know, you mentioned earlier on making sure that we've got things like position descriptions clearly outlined so that when someone does apply for a new role, it actually tells a good story of that yes. of our small business as mm. well so that, you know, we're well organised and we're prepared to be able to receive that new that new person into our staff team mm -hmm. rather than you know it seeming like um, the picture that they they see when they apply for a position or when they contact and, and ask about a position is is one of a business that is scrambling yes. to pull those things together so mm -hmm. I love the fact that you mentioned that before and I think that really ties in mm -hmm. here as well to attracting great people is making sure that we've got all of those things in place um, for our small business as well. Once again, with regards to the NDIS and disability sector, once great people have been found and they've been integrated into the business and, and things are going really well, what would be your advice about ensuring that staff are managed well? Because we want to employ people that stay with us long term. We want sustainability in our in our workplaces and you know not necessarily, you know, I think the disability sector unfortunately does have sometimes get a bit of a bad rap with regards to you know people moving on to other positions quickly mm -hmm. and and certainly that's not something that I think the small business owners that I speak to want to be seen as um, you know having that kind of perception mm -hmm. of their business so how how do we shift that what, what's a way that we can keep people in positions and how to manage them well long term so I think the foundations, laying mm. the foundations first. Right. As we've discussed position descriptions, yep. it sets boundaries, employees know what's expected of them yep. and business owners can talk to the position Great. descriptions if there are any concerns around yep. targets and setting expectations. Yep. Compliance, making sure policies, procedures are in place. Yep. So the expectations are the same for all staff. Mm. One of the things with small business is that they're making fresh decisions every time if they don't have policies in place. In place yep. So a, a decision to approve leave one week may be different the next week under the mm. same conditions because businesses get busy, people mm. get busy and mm. you know you may not remember. So having a policy, having a place that staff Very can go good. to and reference really helps manage them. But I think also setting expectations early on meeting with the employee, talking about this is the kind of person I am, yeah. this is how I manage, how do you enjoy to be managed, yeah. how, how, how should we work together so I can yeah. get the best out of you. Personally I'm a show me yeah, and then great. leave me to do it yeah. and I will do it. Other people may be show me, watch me yeah. and support I will me. do it, support yeah. me and I yeah. will do it. So understanding you know people's learning styles mm. can help manage them because for me, if I had someone over my shoulder, mm. I probably wouldn't do a greater job as I sure. would if I'm just freestyling and, and yep. being able to do it. So understanding people's strengths and, and areas for development in that um, area is, yep. is very important as well. Making sure that you have regular check-ins mm. is key as well. It's not only the performance, it's that human touch with your organisation because yep. it's a tough time. COVID, mm. uh, people working from home and small businesses as well, there's not the opportunity potentially to have a space mm. for your team to meet. So people might be going out delivering services and then heading home to their home office to write their reports. So their contact, physical face-to-face yeah. -face contact with yep. their colleagues or the business owner would be quite limited. So making sure that you have those regular check-ins with them and if something is scheduled, mm. keep to it. Keep to it, value everybody's time and keep Very to good it. Very advice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing worse than, than shifting 
calendars, things that move around on a regular basis. It happens yes, every now and again. It happens, yes. There's nothing worse when that becomes a pattern yes. or a culture. Yeah. So I think the second part of that question then is the hot ticket question mm -hmm. that I think everyone would love to know an answer to, which is in this NDIS and disability sector particularly, mm -hmm. retaining staff. Talk to us about that. Okay. So again, referencing the report, 50% yep. said it was extremely difficult. Okay. Extremely or moderately difficult to retain staff yep. for OT speeches and 40% for disability support workers. So yep. again, it's a problem across the sector. Mm. Um, people move for a number of different reasons. And yep. I guess as a business owner, you have to expect that there will be some natural attrition. Um, people will leave for a number of different reasons. Yep. Perhaps you onboarded someone as a new recruit and they're ready to you know, spread their wings and they want to manage or lead a team and there's just not that scope within your organisation at the yep. time. So understanding that there will naturally be departures um, mm. is part of business. But I'm going to lean into a buzzword here, culture. It's mm. about creating a culture where people want to stay. So Fantastic. Culture can be lots of different things to different companies, different organisations about leaning on your values. Mm. Don't only have values, but live them. Mm. Show people that the values are important to the business and right. that you live the values. Ensure that there's effective onboarding. We were talking mm. about position descriptions and policies yep. and procedures, but how valued do you feel when you rock up on your first day? Mm. You can log into your system, you've got your phone, you've got your laptop, right. you've set up in all the apps that you need to enter notes into. Like, yep. it's, they want me here. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here and they want me here. So I think, yeah, that is definitely key. Providing ongoing training and supervision as well. Obviously, part of professional development, that is a requirement. Mm -hmm. But, you know, scheduling those in, as I said before, have a plan, have a staff development plan, stick to it. If you're catching up formally once a fortnight, once a month, mm -hmm. schedule it into the calendar. Let your employee know that this time is important for us to connect. Right. It's important for Very your good. development. Yep. Let's keep this time. Obviously, clients need to reschedule. There mm. are some cancellations from time to time, but set a schedule early on. When you're having that initial meeting, how can we work together? Yeah. Talk about training and development then. Talk about supervision. How can we ensure that we're connecting? How can we ensure that you're getting what you need from me to develop in your role? And let's lock that in now. Fantastic. Let's lock in 12 months mm. if we need to. So good. And just get that happening now mm. from, from day one. Yeah. Um, being transparent and open, again, sort of mm. linking back to your values, doing what you say you're going to do. If you've received feedback from staff, looking at how you can implement it into the business. If you can't implement it, go back to the employee and explain right. why you can't. Just mm. have, that, have that communication. Celebrate the successes of the business. Mm. If you're having those checkpoints with staff, you know, perhaps it's a weekly check-in. What was your success? What was your challenge? share the success mm. with the rest of the team, share the challenges. Everyone has a learning opportunity, mm. but sharing it and making people feel like they're part of a team is really important for building that culture. It's brilliant. Set a good example. This one's hard. Um, <laughs> I guess for me, small business owner, I, mm. I work during school hours and then I work mm. again in the evening. So I get time with my boys and you know, it's the same for small business owners. Yep. Um, you know, the reason they went into small business was they felt that they could make an impact on the yeah. community and, and help service more families. And, you know, it's a great thing being able to grow your business. Mm. Like, 
I think that's the first thing small businesses owners, once yeah. they realize they need to recruit, that's awesome because it means you're helping more families. Yeah, right. So that's the first thing. Mm. But then it's setting the example and going, okay, well, yes, I work flexibly. So mm. how can I help you work flexibly? Right. But not putting in 50, 60 hours, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a bit of work-life balance yeah. in there, you know, setting a good example for, for your team as well. Create your own big bang and see your business idea come to life. Our online course, Start Your Own Business, helps you learn the basics in marketing, compliance, modelling and small business finances. As a bonus for our podcast listeners, you can use the code BIGBANG to access the Start Your Own Business course online for free at businesscentre.com.au. You mentioned culture back at the beginning of that question. Yes. Right? I just wonder now if you can imagine, or not even imagine, but if you can think of one of the businesses that you currently work with who is killing it in the culture space. They've mm -hmm. just got great culture happening. Mm -hmm. What would three key elements be, even if it was just one word for each of those, what would okay. three key elements be that, that that business is implementing really well okay. that contributes to that healthy culture? Investment in staff. Great. So they have leadership programs, mm. they have up and coming programs, um, they're looking to recruit from universities and build their pipeline right. um, yep. into professional roles. There's just that focus on the team, yep. which is great. Mm. Like I, I love that and staff are engaged and they're energised and it's exciting to know that there's a path for them. Yeah, fantastic. So for people to know that there's a career path and not everyone has ambitions to be a leader within a business but yep. people still want to develop and they want to grow and they want to learn mm. so it's about tapping into that and, and saying okay well you know perhaps leadership training isn't yep. right but let's look at this type of training or you know understanding what the employee needs yeah um, another thing they're doing well is I guess it's the groundwork, it's the mm. policies and, uh, you know, making sure that everyone understands what the business expectations are. Um, the foundations. The right? foundations. The foundations yeah, right. and yep. it's enforcing the foundations. If mm. anything um, changes with policies, then there's the updates for staff. Right. It's really, yeah, getting those foundations right so mm. expectations across the business are understood. Mm. Do yeah. they have fun together? They do have fun together. It's, it has been a little tricky with yep. COVID, yep. but yeah, they definitely have fun and they connect via Zoom. Yeah, great. Um, the leader of the business is around. Mm. Good. Presence. They are present. Yeah, okay. Over Zoom, in person, they've got a couple of sites, so they move between the site. Yeah, they're a very present leader. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I just think it's really helpful for the business owners who are listening today to hear some of those practical examples mm -hmm. of what culture actually looks and feels like. Yes. You know, how do we go away and implement culture? How do we decide on what culture is going to be? And mm -hmm. obviously you reflected before that a lot of that comes out of our values mm -hmm. of how we want to establish um, the, the culture within our business. Um, but then also beyond that, what are the how-tos? Yes. How do we actually action that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, it's time to wrap up, Tracy. I could sit and talk to you all day about this topic, but it's time for us to wrap up now. So firstly, I'd like to say an enormous thank you to Tracy from Grow With You. If you'd like to contact Tracy, please email the Business Centre and we'll forward on her details to you so that you can get in touch. Thank you, Tracy, for sharing your insights and providing some hot tips and potential strategies that people can begin to adopt and put in place in their approach to managing staff and the human resources areas of their businesses. If anyone would like to make contact with Tracy, please contact us and we'll send on your details and inquiry to Tracy for you. We would like to again recommend the Business Connect program 
which is a dedicated program funded by the New South Wales Government and delivered through a network of independent service providers to help you start or grow your small business. If you want a business advisory session subsidised by the New South Wales Government under the Business Connect program, call 1300 134 359 or email connect at treasurynewsouthwales.gov.au. Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. Do you know someone we should talk to? Do you have an idea for a topic we should cover? Or would you like to be featured on an upcoming show? Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with podcast as the subject line to info at businesscentre.com.au.